Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to Death by Pod. My name is Matt Hudson, and joining me, as ever, is the greatest co-host a man could ever ask for. It's the Dame of Pain herself, Elizabeth. We know her as Bloggy Balboa. How the hell are you, mate? I'm good. I'm dressed up like a doll right now. Sweet. Great. I'm, I'm dressed up like a fat man. <laughs> Listeners, that will mean something shortly. <laughs> I'm not just dressed up like a fat man. Uh, you goody, hey, Kay, uh, coping with this heat. Have you got any um, furniture you need to sell or flog or promote market? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, my doll's outfit is, is making me pretty sweaty in the heat. But usually, <laughs> usually I just kind of, you know, I just sweat it out. How, how are mm. you coping, man? Uh, sweating like a mother really, really badly. For those who don't know, it's been bloody hot in England. And um, I see lots of other people saying, well, it's hot in my country. Yeah, but it's hot in England and we don't have air conditioning and it's a humid heat and it's bloody. And we're English and we moan. So it's been horrendous. But I've enjoyed actually going out in the sun and getting a slight tan. So there is that. Uh, but other than that, mate, I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm doing well. What have you uh, What have you had for dinner tonight? Well, well, I got some reduced corn on the cob, like little mini corn on the cobs, like Ooh. the baby ones. Yep. And then I just put it with some frozen chicken. I always just have frozen chicken whenever we do these pods, but this time I splashed out and I had some petit pois. <laughs> it was reduced. Um, petit is that peas? Petit pois. Yeah, like little peas in the pod. I got you, right, okay. No, sorry, for some reason I was thinking of something else. Oh, that's very posh of you. Did you have any sauce, any condiments? I had mayo. I had an extreme amount of mayo. <laughs> just to just to make sure it wasn't too healthy. Yeah, just to make sure it wasn't too healthy. I hear that you've got a beer this evening, Matt. Is that correct? How did you hear that I've got a beer? I do. I've got an Erdinger Weissbier, because I do enjoy a white beer. I do enjoy a, a yeasty one. Um, so yeah, I've got the beer tonight because, as I said, I went to the shop to get some ice lollies for me and the youngster, more me. And I'd walk past the beer aisle, and you know, and you just feel like someone's calling you, like you're being beckoned, seduced. I was like, I just, well, I'm going down the aisle, and I just, and I, I was just, it was like a wonderland of booze. I, was like, I need something, even just one, because it's so hot and it's so humid, so sticky and so yucky. Like I, I need to sit down in my shorts with a beer. So I have, um, and I'm slightly disappointed because, as I said off here. I've, I've rushed out to get some alcohol because I know that's how we drive on Death by Pod, thinking that by the time half seven comes, Bloggy will be well three quarters cut. Turns out she's uh, she's on the water. Yep, I'm old now. I've got I've got to look after my, myself. <laughs> yeah, all those uh, all that frozen chicken and mayo weren't going to help, I is it? I'm pretty jealous that you've got a beer. There. Oh, it's lovely. It is lovely. Yeah, it's my gravy count that they're worried. beer and horror films is our jam i think so um death by pod for those who are new to the show if you are hello and as i always say we don't just talk about food but we do always open up with our dietary um needs for the day For for those new to the show what we do on this show is we take one horror film per episode and we discuss it basically we dive into it and we start off by saying whether we like it or whether we thought it was a bit poo and then we either take it apart in a analytical yet piss-taking way, or we really dive into it and get proper serious about it. Um, so, Bloggy, on that, what on earth are we reviewing this episode? We are reviewing Incidents in a Ghostland. Ooh, tell me more about this film. Should I, t- should I tell people there might be spoilers? 
Oh, yeah. We always forget that bit, but yes, please. There will be spoilers, guys. So um, if you haven't seen the movie, go away, watch it, and then come back and, and enjoy. Spoiler free. So, yes, incident in a ghost land. Spoilers abound. It's if you dark. haven't seen the film, go away. Yeah, go away. <laughs> you haven't seen it. Okay, so it is directed by Pascal Logier, which is my best attempt at that. Logier. Logier, yes, that's the one. It was released. And this, this isn't me being xenophobic at all. This is me being dyslexic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm looking through, through through the looking glass here, people. I was going to put in um, brackets like a uh, like a breakdown of how to say it, but I thought you'd think I was taking the piss. No, you should totally do that. Just put in like a phonetical, like, or I could just look it up myself and actually be proactive about the fact that I'm like syntactically challenged. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pascal. Well, I was like, how, how would I do it? It'd be low, like L O. Then I was like G, like G E E, and I was like A A Y. But then I was like, what if you say Logie? But, you know, I tried. I was going to, but I'm taking the taking piss. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. Pascal will understand. Um, we're English. <laughs> what English people do, Ignorant right? English we're bastards, like, yeah. We have no concept of anyone else's culture. That's um, it. <laughs> Chips and gravy. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and if, and if you haven't seen the film, just go away. Go away. Um so it was released, I believe, on March the 14th, 2018. I think mm-hmm. I've got that right. You um, certainly have. Oh, good. See, my dates are brilliant. It's going to burn you up for later. <laughs> <laughs> it's starring Crystal Reed as Beth, Amelia Jones as Young Beth, Anastasia Phillips as Vera, Taylor Hickson as Young Vera, Mylene Farmer as Pauline. There is no young Pauline. Kevin Power as Candle Truck Man, Rob Archer as Fat Man, and, <laughs> and Paul, Paul Titley as H.P. <laughs> Lovecraft. So child, childish. Oh, well, come on now. <laughs> Paul Titley. So Rob Archer is the fat man. So, um, so how did this film do? How did the world accept this film? Well, Rotten Tomatoes scored it 54%. Uh, Metacritic gave it 44 which indicates mixed or average reviews. Hmm. Well, so, I wonder how we're going to think right. about it, but well, not so bad. So let's hear it. What's Bloggy's famous synopsis of this one? So this is about two teenagers and their mum and they're in a car, and they all hate each other. And then what happens is this this big fat man comes into the house from an ice cream truck that they see earlier, and he comes in, and he, like, beats the shit out of everyone, and he takes the girls, and he, like, does all these awful things to them, and then uh, the main girl, Beth, kind of wakes up, and she's a grown-up, and she's basically Stephen King. Or is she? And that's mm. the film. Ooh. The way you've the way you've said that is so uh, it's so it, it, exciting that I want to go back and rewatch it again. Um, so fifty four percent Rotten Tomatoes, forty four percent Metacritic. As I mentioned up top, we don't leave you hanging around for what we thought about the film because why dive into it only for you to hear us tell you what we think about it during it. Let's tell you up top, Bloggy Balboa, Incident in the Ghostland. I moved the I chose simply because I thought the title sounded cool. What did you think of this one? 
quite enjoyed it actually. Yeah. It was uh yeah, it was it wasn't what I was expecting at all. Um and it did make me jump quite a few times. <laughs> I, I found it gripping, Matt. I genuinely what expected you, you to say it was poo. Really? Do you think I it's did. poo? No, I expected you to say it was absolute poo. I don't know why. When I was because when I was watching, I watched it a couple of weeks ago now, and I, uh, when I was watching it, I thought I, I thought it was alright. I thought it was you know fine, but I was watching it thinking, Bloggy's going to hate this. <laughs> I could just tell <laughs> you are not going to like this because it, it starts to get a bit odd. But I don't know what you think about horror films that start to go a bit like odd and weird and OTT. And I'm thinking. But three quarters of the way through, you're going to think this is just dog. So I'm really surprised that you were uh, positive about this, or more positive than I thought you'd be. It isn't like it isn't like the greatest horror movie ever. Mm-hmm. And I know that people go on about the twist, but I kind of and this is awful because I don't know if you've seen Parks and Rec, but Lone Star, Star Lord, not Lone Star, Star Lord, um, Chris Pratt character in that he basically whenever he watches a movie he thinks the main character is dead and <laughs> I was like I bet, I bet I bet Beth is dead and this all of this is fake and Jack was like you say that about every movie <laughs> but I was kind of right with this one so you weren't half wrong no um so I was, again I was, kind of, I was kind of half wrong but I was also half right so take that yeah it wasn't straight up was it no it like there, there were some problematic areas, but overall, I thought it was quite good. It was a bit like a hide and seek or something, you know. Oh, good shout! Um, well, uh, let's do it then. Like I say, we just now we're going to spend the rest of the show uh, pretty much just discussing what we liked about it, and then we'll mention obviously anything that we didn't particularly like at the end of this discussion. But um, so let's do it. What's, what are some of the things that you really dug about this film then? Um, I liked that. It obviously took a lot of influence from lots of other horror films. Yeah. And I, I enjoyed kind of picking them out. So you got like, obviously, Jeepers Creepers right at the of beginning. Of course, your favourite. Of Blades of. <laughs> That's obviously <laughs> what shit you are. like a bit of Jewel as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was what scared me instantly. And like, and the, even the ice cream thing says something about like, I love to, I love to eat kids or kids are great to eat or something. Um... Something like that. Something like Yeah, there is and something it was like obvious. Yeah, and it's um there's all that and I got uh she says oh it's just like Rob Zombie's house and it totally smacked of like pretty much every Rob Zombie film ever. And um uh you had like the exorcist type music when she was going back to the house and she had like the you know, like the shot with the gate and she's got the coat and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what Texas else Chainsaw there? Massacre. Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, that's, that's the big one I got. Uh, Misery. Uh, with the the typewriter and that she smacks him with the typewriter and The Shining, <laughs> and also Cherry Falls. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, which bit? One hundred percent. Just the guy with the wig. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Class dismissed. That's it. Class dismissed. <laughs> I never got the Jerry Falls one, but it sounds like Pascal Loger is basically just ripped off every other film. But it's not the case, though. It is fairly. It's not subtle, but it's not like of. It's not like homage and like satire to the point where it's just other film like scary movie. But um, yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I definitely, definitely uh, saw that one coming. 
uh, when it when it's when that one came on about um, when the when the girls are she, found by the police, aren't they? Yes, yeah, yeah. That bit was. Uh, I knew that was coming though. Yeah. What about the twist then? Let's just fuck it. Let's mention that then because I didn't see necessarily the twist coming. Um, I because when it went from young uh, young Beth to adult Beth, I was like, oh, okay. Well, this is just a. This is just like a fifteen. It's actually sixteen years later. I was like, okay, that was their past. How does she? How's she coping with this? And the first thing I thought when I saw adult Beth was, what a glow up. I was like, okay, you're right, I'm in now. But she's now a successful yeah. horror writer. Because um, when we first see her, she's a, and I say what a glow up, partly as a joke, other, but also because the actress Crystal Reed is uh, quite good looking. But the the young Beth was a very, very socially awkward, well, I guess you'd almost call like a goth girl, quote unquote emo girl, who just writes these really like odd odd poems about that which end in people like weeing themselves and she's very different to her mother and her sister and then when she's and she always wants to be she's always wanted to be a writer and her sister's very dismissive of it vera her sister's called um and who's like the antithesis the complete opposite of her she's a bit louder a lot mouthier um and then yeah she's grown up to be a successful horror writer so i didn't see the twist coming when it did i will be honest there yeah, it was. Um, I think it was. It wasn't until much later on because the the whole way through it, I was like, "Why have they stayed in the house? Like, why isn't her sister in a mental home? And maybe it's the mum. And what's going on?" And there was like, "Oh, the dog was like, why well, is Gerald's game all over again? Like, what's going to happen? Like, this is so crazy." And then it wasn't until she goes down into the basement and she's like naked, and then the ghosts are like. Oh yeah, we've we've broken your sister, and now we're gonna break you. And I was like, she's dead. Like they're dead. This is all. That was when I started to catch on to maybe that this isn't real. But I didn't guess that she'd just checked out for like a couple of days <laughs> <laughs> because she'd seen her mum get very ill and But I was thinking, like, what a jip for her sister. Like I was, I was saying, like, how how bad would that be? If, like, you would just you would want to be the catatonic one that goes into the fantasy world, right, and just doesn't know yes. that you're getting tortured and raped by some monster man. Mm-hmm. But no, she just she just flits off into La La Land without Ryan Gosling for like. You'd be gutted, wouldn't you? You'd just be there on your own, like, oh, God. You'd be experiencing the trauma firsthand whilst your sister was just, like, giggling her way through it, like, um, pretending to speak to H.P. Lovecraft and stuff like that. Yeah, because the way the film, the way the film, the way I saw it on that point uh, played was that actually you, you're quite, you'd rather be Beth. Like you say, you'd rather be Beth because she's going to be a horror writer and her sister's just gone mental she locks herself in the basement. She's gone, clearly gone insane. And then she makes herself up like a doll, gets chained to the bed, whatnot. That's when you're like, Christ. But that's like the visual representation of what's really going on, isn't it? So whilst they are kids and Vera is, young Vera is fantasizing about her future life, that, that her sister is very much like she is in her older state probably going out of her mind because um, she's the one that they pick don't they because it's got really because the way the film opens like you mentioned is that they see this like the, the vera beth and their mum um whose name uh, i've forgotten pauline vera beth and pauline is like extenders uh, they <laughs> pull up at a gas station and the ice cream van they see them and vera flips on the bird and you think oh well you know that's going to come up on them later on 
and yeah, I, yeah. they read a newspaper that says there's a group going around that kills families but leaves the daughters alive. I was like, okay, well, straight off the bat, we've just seen a, va- a creepy van. There's a fa- there's a family of two daughters. I wonder how what's going to happen here. And of course, they put up to the most uninviting looking house. It's literally up like decrepit, dilapidated, full of this weird clowny stuff. Um, when they open like a puzzle box and the doll jumps out. But at that pop moment, Beth has her, well, I assume, her first period, I believe. Um, she, so yeah. she becomes on her period. So she has that um, journey into womanhood just started. Um, and she's also been writing interviews with herself. Vera has a breakdown, is having a breakdown because her mum mocks her for missing her boyfriend. And she has this really over the top. She sings, I know you love her more to her mum and I thought okay that's overacting but then we get the home invasion and the big uh, the, the fat man g- grabs Beth and it sniffs her crotch and starts gagging yeah, and it was just yeah. like oh yeah yeah it's like not because of like what it was it's was just like the idea of seeing it. it's not something you see very often but then he grabs Vera she and finds that she's got clean if you will um strangles her and drags her away so there's that side of it as well yeah, that that whole bit was just um, yeah, that was really messed up, and I don't know. I did, he came out of nowhere as well, and he was like squealing like a pig, and it was all just quite. Um, it didn't mess about, did it? No. it straight away, just like, you you kind of hate her sister, and you think her mum's a bit weird, and you think, and also like they say Beth about eight times while they're in the car. Like there's no there's no doubt about who the main character is. Everyone's like, God, Beth, listen, Beth, you're a great writer. Beth, I love you, Beth. You love Beth more than you love me. Vera. And then everyone's like, shut up, Vera. (laughs) (laughs) I know you love her more. Who, Beth? (laughs) Yeah. Beth Beth and Vera. Poor old Beth didn't get mentioned enough. (laughs) It's, um... I mean, with a name like Vera, though, I mean, she's she's old before her time, isn't she? she, she yeah, she's past her expiry date at age, what, 13? <laughs> I've never met a child called Vera. We'll just put it that way. No, I've never once met um, a child. I've never met anyone yeah, called the whole, Vera. the whole thing. If you did, would you say, hello, Vera? Hello, Vera. Of course you would. You'd do it in that odd northern yeah, accent, wouldn't you? <laughs> Hello, Vera. Uh, no, I don't know anyone called, anyone called Vera. Uh, but that's a good point. They do really hammer home that Beth is going to be the um, the focal point of this story. And even the moment when um, I, I, I call him the fat man, but that's pretty much his name in the credits. It's not me being derogatory. Yeah. When he when he picks up Beth and sniffs her, and he's, uh, that's when he realises, and he throws her away. That's when he kind of also realises where... You know, there's a, there's a diff, there's another story for her in this film rather than just being tortured and abused. And this is by the, this is Pascal Logier, the guy who gave us Martyrs almost a decade before, and that was an absolute like, punishing, brutal film. Um, when this is not in the same vein, but there are similar aspects to it. But um, so sorry, mate. Carry on. And all the other all the other things you love. Um, um, yeah. So I liked. Um... I liked the I liked the fact that just it was all just really quite disturbing, um, and I I did quite like the twist and the going back through different timelines and some of the jump scares were really good. Like the, the keyhole jump scare that got me, even though it shouldn't have done. The mirror got me. Um, 
ridiculous isn't it and uh god what else there was a bit where like she's trying to escape and then she turns around and he's like behind her and mm. the whole time i was like he's behind you he's behind you and then it happened i went <laughs> did he literally go Ooh. yeah that's a, my, my scared noise is really really embarrassing <laughs> it's out there for the world to hear now mate it's yeah it's it's, it's you know you know the noise that you make when you, you talk like, yeah when you're caught off guard that's right yeah. on a mirror scare which you probably could see coming from a mile off you see it coming in in every every direction including in the bloody mirror and it's still scary and the keyhole one as well is that the one where she's look beth's look at beth there she is again looks through the keyhole one it's i think it's what candy truck woman just like puts her eye in in front of it yeah, or she like runs it or something. I could I couldn't really see because there was a massive glare on the TV. So there were some scenes that I didn't really get the full picture of because of the stupid weather. But um, yeah, yeah, it, looking through a keyhole in a horror film never leads to good things, does it? Like... You should see what's coming quite clearly when that happens. But I mean, that scene was pretty odd in the first place. That's this is when they're adults and Beth's got a Beth's got a sweet life, hunky bloke, nice place, good career, lots of money, and their mother, yeah, and Vera still live in that shitty house. So we think, uh, but in that scene, imagine here, Vera, she's like she's made up like she's dressed up like a doll and she's chained to the bed, but she's like an obviously like really sort of like Joker esque looking face or Evil Dead looking makeup on her face. She's chained to the bed and the door closes behind Beth and Vera is basically getting slapped and beaten around. Um, and that's when they say we broke your sister. Now it's your turn. I, I that got again. I'm watching this not without knowing there's a twist. Thinking what the fuck's going on here? Because I thought maybe it was a supernatural film that the like the spirits of these ice cream geek guys came back to haunt them, or the house or something was haunted, or something like that. And it's not possessed, but got inside the mind of Vera and made her dress up like a doll. And of course, the dolls come into it. Well, the dolls come into it a lot more, a lot later on. But even before that, the uh, candy truck woman does say, we, d- we just want to play with the dolls. So they do mention it. But, um, yeah, I thought the dolls, the imagery of the dolls first out when Vera was chained up, I thought that was quite nasty. Yeah, and it, it that is a massive Rob Zombie thing. I can't remember. I don't know if it is just House of a Thousand Corpses or mm-hmm. The Devil's Rejects, but she... The, his wife in the baby whatever her name is she dresses up like a doll and she dresses all the girls up like dolls and they've got exactly the same she's got like the blonde curly hair and she listens to like kind of like that weird 50s music uh, they had the teddy bear picnic or whatever and yeah it was all just um I, I, I liked that i liked the fact that it and it was self-referential in that in that respect mm-hmm. it was really creepy but it kind of does also make you think like is it that everything has already been done, so everything is always going to... Or is it just that Pascal couldn't come up with anything necessarily new to do? Because even Beth, when she's in a dull get-up, she looks like an orphan. Yeah, yeah, I, that's a true, yeah, that's very true. She's kind of all doll-like, and yeah, I, I like it. It's, um, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I like. It. I don't know what to say. I like it, man. Um, oh, can, Candy truck woman does grab Beth later on, and that again, that's another kind of like. Uh, I thought she was dead. Moment, like Candy truck woman. It's very annoying having to call them these names, but again, cast list. Uh, Beth gets grabbed, and she wakes up in the morning like she's clearly been beaten around. She's had seven bills knocked out of her, um, and she's locked in the basement. 
and that's when you find that's when you get to find out the twist. Rick, the, the twist now is unravelled, where you know she she confronts Franz Fira and blames her, and the two have a fight. But it turns out that what we originally saw when the kids were younger was um, the mum saved the day. You know, she they they finished off the fat man. There was a fight between Candy Woman and Pauline, and Pauline stabbed the shit out of Candy Chuck Woman. You know, pinned her for the one, two, three, and that was it. Turns out none of that happened. Turns out mum got absolutely whooped that night and got her neck sl- uh, throat slit in the most horrible looking way. So that's where we find out that everything we thought was true was just a dream or a flashback. And that's when things start to go downhill from there. And straight after straight after that, we find out that um, Vera puts Bethy in the cupboard and Candy Truck Lady finds her and beats the shit out of her. That's when she, that's when Beth now gets dressed up like a doll. She gets fed booze and made to stare at her dead mum's corpse while she sits amongst the toy dolls. Uh, f- as far as Saturday nights go, have you had better? Um, I've had similar, but <laughs> I, <can't>. <laughs> <laughs> I, I <laughs> no, I, it's a that's that's a pretty fucked up Saturday night, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And what's wrong with just a you know a nice beer among friends about yeah. dead mum? Get a kebab or something. You can dress up if you want to, but I mean, you don't have to like look at your dead mum's corpse and all that. I know there's not much on the telly these days on a Saturday, but there are better things to watch. I know, since Match of the Day's gone, I mean, I could still think of other things I could watch. <laughs> Come here, mum, all right. <laughs> Let's slit your throat. And <laughs> yeah, same time again next week, mum. Yeah, so that's when the twist came, and that is, that's to the point also where I thought, I'm not sure a blog is going to like this, because I wasn't sure whether I liked it or not. I wasn't sure whether it was like a, oh, no, we've been, you know, we spent the first part of the film completely duped over, and turns out that everything we've seen isn't necessarily true, that it turns out it was true from a certain point of view. And then, of course, the film then goes into, it dips in and out of that um, that, that fantasy state that Beth finds herself in, and... Um, uh, yeah, on your point earlier, I think out of the two, I'd rather go into a fantasy state, like a catatonic state, than face obviously the horrible um, things that these girls face. But I guess as well, what, how, how are you watching this film as a as a female watching a film about two young girls getting beaten and raped and abused? Yeah, that was that was the bit that I found. Like, I mean, you know, saying, "Oh, this is Rob Zombie's house." I mean, they weren't far wrong, were they? <laughs> well, they weren't. It's um, it's difficult for me on some levels, just because of the fact that like, why is it necessary that he's going to sniff their crotches mm-hmm. and you know, like, it's not. I don't, I don't. I think just the fact that someone's come in and killed your mum and wants to beat you up is can be made scary enough without this this sort of weird sexual undertone to it and the fact that there's nothing's been explained like and it never does so we're just made to believe that this kind of like facially deformed thicko that has this thing with dolls and all the rest of it and also likes to rape little girls and then there's some kind of trans cross-dressing guy Mm -hmm. and that's never explained and that's just it's kind of like a bit, um, and they're kind of like, oh, look at these two scary things. Oh, and they like to, you know, and, and they like to sniff little girls' crotches. And it's just like, some of it I was a bit like, this is a bit like the bit where she wets herself and it all goes down her face and oh, you yeah. start like, sniffing or like licking the urine off her neck. Or the, uh, mm. That bit was just like, 
but that's horror i guess you know so um, some people some people want to make that kind of stuff yeah rob zombie's one of them <laughs> yeah and clearly pasco legier i guess it's escalation as well as how much can you not get away but how much can you put in how much can you test people um in, and but there does come a point sometimes where it, it seems like things are put into a film just for the sheer shock factor rather than having anything to do with the film i mean how, like to say the the crotch sniffing but that's obviously implying obviously something obviously wants someone who's pure i'm guessing but at the end of the day they rape both of them anyway so it's kind of redundant why he does that and yeah the bit where the wheezing man on crutches comes in he looks a bit like matt lucas and starts like fucking a doll and then he grabs beth like i say who wets herself and he starts sniffing and touching and then he goes to burn her and she stabs him in the neck and this guy's clearly insane because he he thinks the dolls are taunting him and um Matt Lucas grabs her again and she hits him with a typewriter. It is kind of like escalation. It's like, how much can we get away with? And anyone who's seen Martyrs will attest to that. Loger does have a track record in that. But in that film, I argue that there was more reasoning for it, even though it was horrific to watch. Whereas in this film, certain elements did feel like exploitation for the sake of it. Yeah, and that that was the that was just you know, and the fact that there was no explanation, and the the whole bit with the state troopers, and that they got shot, but then another one turns up, and they just shoot them all anyway, and you know, the, you know, the, only one of them bloody shows up, but then there's a whole army of them outside, yeah. and also I'm still, I'm still not sure whether a like you know whether her sister was actually alive. Like I still, that's a really I'm still good shout. Not on that at all. Um, the more now you say it, I'm trying to think about it. I um, I mean, the film. I mean, does does the film? I think, but, but as far as I'm aware, the film wants to make you believe she is, but is she? Yeah, there is that to it because she did kind of look pretty dead. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she did but, look like she passed over. She did a little. <laughs> she did a little bit, yeah. Um, uh, also, that the cameo from HP Fake Chin. What on earth was that? <laughs> that whole bit. I was just, it was just like he looked like um, Johnny Bravo. <laughs> like, I don't know what the hell that was, but it was just like, I, and it's possible because we've got. I noticed this now. Like when you watch now, TVs have got better and stuff. You watch films and you can see the makeup really badly, but. Oh my god! Like they, I don't know why they didn't just do a deep fake and just just make it HP Lovecraft. I don't understand why they gave this guy such a massive facial prosthetic. It was so distracting. I I, could, I did actually find the bit where you know, like where she's at the Christmas party and it's like the second like regression scene, mm-hmm. and there's just that there's just that dead state trooper guy being like, "Thank you for inviting me to your Christmas party," and I was cracking up at that. That bit reminded me of a scene from Exorcist 3 where they have a dream sequence and it's all these... Well, it's similar to that. For those who haven't seen the film, go check it out. It's very good. Um, but it's similar to that, but it's better. Um, but yeah, that H.P. Lovecraft, they did overemphasize what he looked like, didn't they? And it that also, to me, felt a bit like just shoehorning in H.P. Lovecraft, basically, because Lovecraft is... 
the influence he's had on so many creators and artists and directors and writers. He's, um, you know, Lovecraftian theme has become a thing now. So it kind of felt like it was an excuse just to put Lovecraft in there. Um, and having a real world person in a clearly like made up fictional world felt really odd to me. Do you know what I mean? It'd be like them. It would have been no different if they said Stephen King, and then later on, like Stephen King, they get some bloke with a really bad prosthetic face to look like Stephen King came on, or worse, looking worse than Stephen King. I don't know what I don't know. Something about having an actual real person. I don't know. It kind of jarred me a little bit. It took me out somewhat. Yeah, I don't. I don't really understand. Like, and maybe it is just that. Perhaps it's just a nod to exactly what I was saying that every horror writer is striving to be someone that's already, mm-hmm. you know, that's come up with all the ideas. I mean, like, but Stephen King would have been the more obvious choice, I think. That like, it was really funny because as I was writing my notes for this as well, I was putting in Lovecraft and my phone auto-corrected it to Minecraft, and I was like, <laughs> that's, that's how irrelevant. Like, like, I know that Lovecraft is a big deal and yeah, everything, yeah. and people know about it. But, like, he's not in the pop culture of my autocorrect. <laughs> he's not in the zeitgeist so, of your phone. Yeah, he's not like my phone doesn't know who he is. So it's just, but if I'd have put in Stephen King, it would have autocorrected, like, it would have automatically suggested King straight after Stephen. So yeah, yeah. it's just, but I think she's supposed to be Stephen King, maybe. I, or the, there's obviously something about, you know, and then the, the, at the end, oh, the bit at the end where the mum's like, use the typewriter, Luke. Use the force. That's <laughs> it. She's looking through the window, yeah, and starts mind, Jedi mind-tricking her through the window. Because I, I thought the, the paramedic at the end that it was all going to turn out to be a phony baloney again mm-hmm. because he was like, hey, you're you're trapped in here with me now. And I was like, that's the worst thing yeah, to say to really him. really uncomfortable thing to say to someone well, who's just survived rape, torture and abuse. Like, <laughs> now you're stuck here with me, a man. And then he's just like, and do you like sports, little girl? That's it. Like, yeah. No, I like to write stories. And it was like, oh, suck my balls. That's it. Like, that, a picture like, the, of the sportswoman. Really the ends just really did it for me where I was like, okay. I was really wanting to get your opinion on the end because Beth sees a vision of her mother pointing to a typewriter. And that was just like, that's the one thing after everything she survived, all she wants to be, all she can think about still is being a writer. And I get that that may have been her way of uh, coping with the issues by writing about them and pursuing and following her dreams and everything. But at that moment, to see a vision of her mother rather than her mother saying, you know, well, I'm proud of you or I love you or take care of your sister. Use the typewriter. Don't forget to fill the ink up. Like, mm, I'm not sure. And again, with the doctor in the, in the, the paramedics, sorry, in the ambulance saying that you're stuck with me now. And I, I bet you're a sportswoman. I mean, it's a really bad bit of dialogue. I've got to say, cause I mean, why would you bet someone's a sportswoman? Just cause they've had like, look like they've had gone through 12 rounds of Anthony Joshua. Very insensitive, if you ask me. But um, yeah. yeah, the ending was that part of the ending was pap. What about like the the battle afterwards? Because it's pretty much Matt Lucas and Candy Lady against though against Beth. Uh, basically, Vera is she's in peril for peril for most of it. But um, from from when she smashes up Matt Lucas with a typewriter to um, to when the cops appear and shoot the bad guys. What did you think of that battle? I mean, like, even the first bit, so she's, she's you know, got enough initiative to get that hairpin 
I, I don't know what kind of hairpin that was. <laughs> like, you know, I, but anyway, that, that aside, she gets this hairpin and then she just wastes it. Like, I'm not, and obviously, I'm not saying that me as like a 14 year old girl that I would have done any better in that situation, mm-hmm. but surely you know. If he's that big and his neck is that thick, she doesn't even get him in the neck. She gets him in the bloody shoulder. And I'm like, go for the eyes, woman. Go for the eyes. But then she manages to, you know, this this guy can pick her up by a leg and hoist her up above his own body. He's that strong and that mental. He's kind of like, he's like Lurch of Hot Fuzz or something. You know, a yard. No. (laughs) He's that, you know, big and strong and everything. And then she just, they both get their ass handed to him by one girl. And I'm, I, that sounds so sexist, but she's, she's a teenage girl. And this guy's some kind of mental, strong, mutant, the hills have eyes, rapist guy. And I'm just like, I'm not buying it mm-hmm. a little bit. But, it, it, you know, it, they, they gave good sport and it was good fun to watch them getting the shit kicked out of them. And that she like, and but the, she like bit, she bit uh, Cherry Falls's neck, didn't she? Cherry Falls's neck, yes, she did. She took a took a chunk out of the neck, and that was um, yeah, that was fun to see them get their comeuppance somewhat. Yeah, um, before they get before they see the first police car when they're saying when they say to the policeman, "Don't go near her." I get that, I understand why, but yeah, like when she gets a, a sledgehammer comes through the door, and they've got to climb through the window and. Then they're hiding the mirror. <laughs> Sledge, ha, Peter Gabriel from Woking. So shout out to <laughs> Peter Gabriel, my hometown. Um, but then they, they have to hide in the mirror, don't they? With, with um, Beth, sorry, with the screeching doll. And oh, yeah. again, you thinking, you know what's going to happen here? The doll's going to scream. Uh, and it did. And it scared me. No, I bet it did, yeah. You... Yeah, it made me jump. I, this is why, we, this is why one day we're going to do our, a, a live or some sort of watch-along, like a video watch-along, so we can all um, bask in the glory of Bloggy just plopping herself throughout, the, even in the most telegraphed jump scares. It's ridiculous. I knew it was in there, and I knew it was going to laugh. And immediately afterwards, I was like, oh, it's not funny, mate. And then it laughed again, and I was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I take the piss out of these things, and then they get me every single time. Well, let's do, let's do the watch along then, and everyone can join in because I want to see this now, just to see the uh, face that comes along with it. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm... Just that there wasn't any like heavy metal guitar in this one. Like it wasn't like you know the, the doll jumps out and then it's like bram bram bram. <laughs> yeah, bram. <laughs> but people seem to really like that music in Entity, and um, obviously we're missing something. The music in this film was. Didn't it didn't grab me that much? It was I, I won't go. I don't want to say it's forgettable because that's disingenuous, but it didn't really stick out to me the music in this film too much. I know you mentioned the music straight up as a homage, but I didn't really get much of the music. I thought it was fine, but you know, it didn't really. It kind of complemented what was going on screen, but it never jumped out to me at all. I was just more trying to work out what was happening, and I mean the film itself was easy enough to follow once you. Once you watch it, once you take it in, and once you know what's happening, but the first third was, was I, I'm gonna, I would admit, Logier did get me. I was thinking I couldn't understand what the hell was going on, and even towards the end, like after they've after they've escaped, and um, Candy Lady comes out and shoots the cops and takes the girls back in the candy truck, a la Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's when Beth has a fantasy of the perfect life and Christmas, and H.P. Lovecraft endorses her book. You see, he tells her just how great it is. 
um, when it turns out that she's actually getting the shit kicked out of her and throttled. So um, even then I was kind of like, what is going on with this? But I I thought the end battle was fine. It was, a very, I found the whole film to be honest, to be quite, uh, it's a very, I think it's a very savage film. It's, it's in parts quite hopeless as well. If that makes any sense. It's brutal. And it's hopeless because Lozier didn't really give you much to go on. Every time you think something's really good, it turns out that in reality they're getting raped, beaten, throttled, or or, or anything or, or anything else. Um, but uh, as for the battle at the end, I thought it was alright. But the fact, that, yeah, when the police turned up, that did feel a bit um, Deus ex machina. I think for me. Mm. I do, you just talking about the candy truck lady? It's just reminded me of when. Uh when Beth comes back the first time and Vera's so happy about it that she just shoves loads of marshmallows into her mouth yeah. like empties her mouth of marshmallows <laughs> she's like just sat there eating candy like come on Beth eat the marshmallows Beth wake up and smell the marshmallows eat, this, eat the candy lady <laughs> and then Beth just uh, crying so tears of marshmallow yeah, she just spits them all out, doesn't she? She's like, I hate you, Vera. I thought that she was just going to be like pink elephants, pink elephants, but it didn't happen. <laughs> no, no pink elephants. I forgot about that scene, actually, because I was going to yeah. say, what other scenes spring to mind? There was one I thought, I thought of when Beth, she has a dream of the doll dragging her into the mirror, which later on would scare you a few times, and she wakes up in the morning and the words, help me, are written on the mirror. This is before everything's been That's revealed. It. Yeah, that bit was a bit bit odd mm. i didn't mind it because it, it played into like for what i thought was like the supernatural aspect that's what i thought then it turned out that it wasn't supernatural at all that but how did the writing uh, i don't know but i didn't mind when i on first view and first watching it i thought you know what I, i'm, I'm enjoy i liked that i know it's fairly cliche and um fairly conventional to have a dream and then wake up and see something's been brought back from the dream almost but i didn't mind it yeah, I, I mean, like there wasn't there wasn't much of this film that we could take the mick out of, really. I mean, apart from the marshmallows and H.P. Chincraft, there wasn't. Uh, <laughs> and the weaving man looking like Matt Lucas. Yeah, and um, Mr. Masterston. There wasn't there wasn't anything <laughs> else really that like, you can. There's not there's not much else laughs to be had in this horror film, is there? It's quite serious, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, it is. Again, I and for, sorry, DPP fans, but no, because um, I picked this film, I say, based on the name. I'd heard of it and I knew it was Pascal Logia who did Martyrs, but it fell out of my consciousness. And it wasn't until I saw it on like Sky Cinema, I was like, Incident <laughs> in the Ghostland. What Good a cool sounding name. It, it was as business as well, didn't it? She's like, oh. <laughs> I, I thought it was like a, a fun fair type thing, like incident in the Ghostland. Like incident in like a fun like Ghostland yeah, would be like the name yeah. of the theme park. Um, turns out that it was about kids getting raped, but you know, yeah, we live it, was in, quite, it was quite an incident. It turned out to be. Yeah, it's called an an incident. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't if you detailed that incident. I think it would turn most people's stomachs. But um, I like that how it mixed like horror and. Um, psychological drama quite well and for me I took it that a, a, lo a lot of it was dealing with like well, I wouldn't say post-traumatic stress but it was traumatic stress because it was happening to them at the time so there was that side of it but what did you think about how it actually how the film looked like the you mentioned the house but like the visually because obviously it's quite a grimy looking movie isn't it yeah I mean I thought that um 
I think yeah, I definitely thought that the film was shot really well, and mm-hmm. I thought that some of the scenes were really good, and I liked you know all of the sets were just there. Pascal didn't really miss a beat with that, did he? Everything was obviously meticulously placed and and set up, and um, I thought that it looked really creepy. Um, mm-hmm. And it's funny actually because the house in the in the front, the house actually looks quite nice. Um, yes, bit of a fixer upper, but it looks alright. Yeah, it looks it looked quite sweet, and it had like a little sort of like porch and all the rest of it. But then on the inside, it was just like this mad. Well, to have the house of a thousand corpses, kind of like <laughs> it just needed a rocking chair to sort out, finish it off, didn't it? I've got one for sale if anyone wants it. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd plug Blocky's um Blocky's advert there. It is pink and gingham though, so I don't think it would fit quite well in the uh, in the ghost land. I don't think it would make quite an incident. <laughs> but it might brighten things up a bit. Yeah. Um, I thought I I I think it is shot well, but. I found it quite unappealing to to look at a lot, a lot of just time, just because it was so grungy to what look at, and I know that was very deliberate. But it fit at, at the same time, though. On the other hand, it fit the tone, didn't it? it this wasn't like you say. There's, there's nothing in this film to for us to look at and think that was hilarious, or even just as a film fan to find levity in because of the subject matter. And um, Logier and his cinematographer really went to town and hammered home that um, whole idea with the actual visual look of it in the cinematography office. Well, it looked nice, but it, I found it to be quite unappealing at times. And it made me feel, for want of a better word, just like dirty. Do you know what I mean? Just everything that's happening on screen and the way that the film looked and the locations, it just everything just felt like it, would make, it was making me itch. Yeah, and it's funny because when, like thinking back on that now that you've said that, the bits where she's grown up, Beth, and she's in, you know, in her own little world it's um it's really bright it's actually mm. too bright like so the bit where she wakes up and she's in the house and she's like screaming out for her mum and that it's so bright and she's um you know that the, there's like a backlight on her and when it then goes back to the the lovecraft scene which i thought looked a lot like you know the shining where he goes into the gold room and everything yes. mixed up in that and it's the, it, but it was almost like shiny and I think mm-hmm. the, the whole film probably looked like that from the big like I should imagine that if we watched it back all of the like bits where she's older there's kind of like this sheen on it which I guess is you probably know in yourself that it's probably not quite as nice as what it's making out that everything's mm-hmm. all bright and sunny and like she's in a lovely bright room writing these horrible stories and mm-hmm. it's all just bullshit and it's all um and then, you know, like then when she skips back and she's looking in the mirror and she's like, I hate you, Vera. And you suddenly realise like, oh, OK, so that's what the only light bit that actually happens is when they escape and it's dawn and they're running through the fields. And yeah, true. But even that looks kind of ominous and like it's not a nice sunrise. It's like almost like the sky's coming in on them. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a very sort of gritty grimy looking film and like you say even the way that the the mornings or the dawn and dusk scenes were shot didn't look like a hopeful sunrise if if i could say so it did look very much yeah foreshadowing ominous especially when you realize christ we've still got 15 20 minutes left they ain't getting out of this in a hurry Uh, but yeah i agree like the whole the whole like dream sheen on those scenes which kind of made it all feel like 
what it was, like a fantasy, a fantastical idea dreamt up in the mind of someone who's going through the most stressful, traumatic incidents you could probably imagine and would hope would never happen to anyone. But uh, Pascal Loger put his actors through that and um, a bit of trivia, which is very, very the film was known mainly for a bit of trivia surrounding the actress uh, Taylor Hickson. Um, everyone I've spoken to about the film was like, oh, is that the one where this happens? But Taylor Hickson, who played um, young Vera, she actually she suffered like, really bad facial injuries cause she, when she had to crash through a glass door whilst filming. And she eventually sued the film's company, film production company for the accident and won because it, you know, she changed her trajectory of her career, I guess, because she wasn't getting as many acting gigs because her face had been distorted by this injury. And it was down to a lack of um, planning and um, health and safety on site. And the stunt stunt coordination wasn't very, very well thought out. And yeah, Taylor Hickson ended up with some pretty nasty facial injuries from a glass door. And most people I've spoken to about this have mentioned that. Is that the one where the, the actress sued the, the, the production company? So um, there's a fun, fun fact for you. Oh, there's pictures of it. That's re- that's really messed up, actually, because it looks exactly like the cover of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I can't remember if I again forgive my ignorance, listeners. I can't remember if this ha- how far into the production this happened, and if those injuries were you know used as part of her character in the film, or they tried to cover it up with makeup. I, I can't remember, um, but if anyone does know. Let us know, or unless Bloggy is aware of it. She was like hitting some glass with her fists. It's obviously the bit, you know, where she's, um, you know, the bit where her mum's like, "Are you sure you want to go back to that life?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, "Yeah." So they tell her to smack the glass harder, and she's like, "Are you sure it's safe?" And they're like, "Yeah." And then they do another take, and then. The lawsuit says the glass shattered, causing her head and upper body to fall through the door and shards of and shards of glass. As a result, the incident, the incident. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> you beat me to it. She badly cut the left side of her face. She had seventy stitches. Mm. Um, the craft services lady held my face together with napkins in her hands. She went through so many napkins. There was so much blood. Um. And then obviously she says that she she said it's been mass amounts of insecurity, conflicted, confliction, confusion, hurt and anger and sad that this was my last day on set and no precautions were taken. So it was obviously the last thing they Oh, shot. wow. Wow. That's even worse than the fact that they put given up. Yeah, the, the pictures of her face now that they've healed, which she's obviously released of her own accord. They're not um, pictures that I've just looked on the dark web to find. She she one hundred percent lost a part of her face. You can see that they had to really stitch that back together. That's really tight, man. No, man, that, and that's that's what um that's what a lot of people know this film for. And I wasn't apart from me, I wasn't aware of that until watching the film and just like looking into it and researching it for the episode and seeing like, that come up. Like, oh wow. And then asking a few people who were more learned, and they were saying that yeah, it's, she she won the case as well. She won a decent amount of money, and quite right as well. Yeah, I mean, oddly enough, she said that she's also suffering mental distress, which she oh, continues shit. to struggle with today, and that it's all very like 
it's all harking back to the movie a bit, isn't it, really? I mean, see, the, the movie poster is like the Beth's face and it's all like cracked open and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it kind of looks exactly like the movie poster. That's really bad, isn't it? Um, no, that's... It, uh, well, I'm glad that she won her case because, like you say, if it, was the, it was the last day in filming and people were more lax about um, security and precautions and um, health and safety, and that's bloody awful. But um, it's a shame to hear that life imitating art in in certain ways, and we don't mean that in a piss take way either. But um, it, just from when you're reading that, you can you can draw like similarities from what happened in the film to that. But now that is a that is a shame, and um, hopefully she goes on to get some more decent roles because I think I think the acting was fine in this. Um, I thought, what did you think? I thought it was all right. I mean, the, I can't imagine being a young girl or an or an old and older actress and having to um, simulate these kind of feelings and emotions and actions. But what did you think of the acting? I thought the acting was like really good, to be honest. Like usually, when you have teen actresses or younger actresses or actors, um, it, it can go either way. Like as we saw with with Orphan and probably some of the characters in the most recent It, um, it, it just kind of goes a bit. It can go either way. But yeah, with this, I thought both of them were. I didn't think that Vera was as good, but I think that's because we didn't have as much emotional connection with Vera as we did with Beth. 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 Beth, Beth, was that Beth, Beth, Beth. I think she was written as more of a, more of a character, almost more of a, almost more of a stereotype. Because when I, when I first, after the first five minutes, I did think, oh shit, I'm not going. This character's pissing me off now because she was very, she was very um, OTT. I thought, but um, later toned down a bit more. Yeah, yeah, she was, and I think that was. I think part of it is because we're supposed to really hate Vera, so that mm-hmm. when when we see her as a grown-up just running about the house naked and banging her head against the wall, you kind of think, oh, fucking Elvira, like, you're always a problem. You're kind of supposed to have no sympathy for her. But, um, yeah, she she does she does mellow out towards the end and she does become like... They, they both do a really good job of looking scared, don't they? I mean, that's Christ, what yeah. you want, really. I was just thinking, yeah. it's like 47 metres down, isn't it? The ending. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is actually, yeah. Like Son's shock, yeah. Yeah, you have like a fake, like everything's fine. But there's no, but one of the, but the, the captain doesn't point down and like point at a typewriter in the water or something like that. No, thankfully not. There's no. Uh... <laughs> I would have, I would have liked it if they had done. But there, I suppose there is that kind of. Um, and there's another film to add to the list of movies. This is a bit like. Yes, I just got a lot. It's always racking up the. I mean, the you know, like Carrie had loads of injuries on set mm-hmm. yeah carry it's almost like a horror film it's almost like a way to set a horror film isn't it to tell of incidences or incidents that happen off or on set sorry but yeah i feel like the one with taylor hickson was real it was yeah it was really bad it wasn't like so, um, a, a demon I mean... possessed a set yeah, yeah, it wasn't like, you know, the three men and a baby ghost, which wasn't actually a ghost. <laughs> that thing in the background, wasn't it, in the, in, the, in the window? Yeah, it was just a cardboard cutout or something of some kid, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, this unfortunately was was bad. But um, oh, is there any other, any other um, moments that you really dug about this film before we move on? No, no, I think, we, I think we've covered them all. No, and anything which you weren't so keen on or did we kind of touch upon them during it as well? 
Yeah, I think the only other thing that I'd say is that I don't even think it was in a ghost land because they were only about like, you know, 50 metres from the bloody gas, the garage place. I was going to ask about the ghost land. Was the ghost land like her fantasy world or was... I think it was supposed to be in the middle of nowhere, but obviously to like keep it in with that Lovecraftian gothic thing. But it actually mm-hmm. wasn't in the middle of nowhere because there was a lady just down the road like spilling a nail varnish and... It was close enough for the cops to come and get her. <laughs> exactly. It was close enough. I've said all I need to say on this on this film, I think. Have you, though, Matt? No, I've got... I think I mentioned everything in it. Because it's like I said, it's like I said up top, it's a strange one to talk about because as yes, a film, it's all right. But, I mean, there wasn't... Many, there's not not many moments that jump out as if, like, fuck, that was, that was awesome. I really liked that. I really appreciated or took to that. And there wasn't really anything that was anything in it that was like, well, you know what, that was that was us. That was really bad. It was just fine. Do you know what I mean? It was all right. Uh, with all the other show episodes we've done, would this go in the top for you? Bottom, middle of middle of the road, or middle, middle to lower to lower bottom, Mid- middle, <laughs> <laughs> my lower bottom. <laughs> so, so just above the crack, then. Yeah, just sort of like above the jeans kind of area That's for it. me. The back dimple area. Yeah, I'd put yeah. it in the middle as well. It's not, again, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing amazing about it. It's competent as well. So, um, well, we thought we'd ask you lads and legends out there what you thought of Incident in the Ghostland. And I very quickly dropped a poll this afternoon on Twitter because I'm not going to lie, I thought I'd done it two weeks ago, but I hadn't. And I just wanted to know what you guys thought of it. And 62% of you were fans and 38% of you weren't. So, again, two-thirds liked it, one-third didn't. So, not an overwhelming majority, but um, what about the comments, my friend? Well, we had uh, Kelly Hoston, who said, I didn't mind this one. The twist was brilliant. And with the Mara Jedi said, great twist, but it's a bit muddled otherwise. And I agree with both of those points, if I thought that could even be possible. <laughs> yes. it, 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 like our agreements, it's muddled. But I see where you come from. Um, fan of the show and friend of the show yeah. and legend, Ashley Epley said... This movie terrified me. The dolls and the plot, and the poor girl, having, poor girls having to suffer like that. Gah, just mind blows me. But definitely scared me. Jocasta, who added this one was, nah. And uh, chasing movies, they said uh, seven out of ten. Cool, creative horror film that uses violence against women as a fuel for its horror. Impressive, creative, progressive horror film. Interesting. Bloggy, creative, progressive horror film. Yes. there we go then Uh, that one came through uh, a couple of hours ago so thank you for that guys and girls for sending in the comments about the film um so yeah that was incident in the ghost land and now we end death by pod like we always do with the death by pod game so this time we're playing an old favorite of ours guess the year basically we've picked three horror movies and we each have to guess the year that it was released. So Blog will give me one. I've got a guess and vice versa. And historically, as anyone who knows, listens to us will know, we are shit at this game. We very rarely get these. We, we usually within a few years, but I don't think we've ever really got, we've got like one or two spot on. So Bloggy, are you ready, mate? I am ready. All right. For, ladies first then. Well, I will tell you that before before I tell you what I was actually going to do, I I looked up the thing that ate everybody, thinking that it was an actual movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, 
what was that? Oh, that's that's what I was like trying to find like an obscure B movie to play you out. And the first thing that came up was just a picture of going, it ain't everybody. And I was like, shit, I've just Googled a Simpsons <laughs> reference. Simpsons so, reference. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that. What about Shelly? Did it eat Shelly? It ate everybody. <laughs> mouthful of drink <laughs> uh, we have to get our blog has to get a Simpsons reference in and I'm quite glad that she does well done for googling that though you freak <laughs> just didn't, didn't didn't twig that it wasn't real I thought it was an actual movie so there we go incident uh, in the ghost land incident that ate everybody uh, <laughs> so yeah uh, guess the year Matt can you guess the year? We'll find out. It go. is Witchfinder General. Witchfinder General. General. Right. I've never heard of Witchfinder General, I don't think. So this one is literally pulling it out of my lower bottom. Um <laughs> Witchfinder General, which is I'm going I'm going eighties, I'm going nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four. Well, you're close. Oh. It's 1968. Oh, no, Claxon. <laughs> <laughs> so close. I was only 16 years out. You'd probably really like Witchfinder General. That's the movie that I reference when I'm like, it's weird. It's like Witchfinder General. It's oh. like kind of like old exploitation, uh, kind of like the Wicker Man sort of thing. Oh, oh. well, we'll check it out then. Witchfinder General. <laughs> We're not doing it on a fucking pod. I'm not watching it again, man. I've watched it once. You want me? Oh, right, so I've got to watch it, though, but you ain't going to watch it again. Just watch it in your own time. There's some homework for you. It's all right. I'll watch it with the kids. They'll love it. <laughs> Probably. Right. Hit me with your years. Okay, my years. This one. Here we go. Um, where's the drum? Guess the year of Candyman, the original. 1983. No, Claxon. No, it's not 1983. Oh, was um, well, in your in your kind of terminology, yes, but uh, in actuality, not really. No, uh, Candyman is 1992, so you're nine years out. No, really, nineties. 1992. There you go. I quite like Candyman. I'm looking forward to the remake. Are you looking for Candyman, bitch? I am. <laughs> I'm looking to be the Candyman, bitch. Um, so. No, nil, nil after our first round. This is going as scripted. What's yours, number two? Uh, nil pois. Can you not ask me when uh, Incident in a Ghost Town came out? Uh, I won't. Ghostland. I won't ask you about <laughs> the, the other film we watched for this film. Uh, Incident in a Ghostland came out. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. It is a girl walks home alone at night oh. in a ghost town. <laughs> God, that is our new klaxon. What was that noise? Girl. Um, <laughs> that can be the no klaxon, no klaxon. Um, a girl oh, well. walks home. I've heard of this one. It's fairly recent issues, isn't it? 2013. Oh, one year Fuck out, mate. One sake. year out. 14, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> no klaxon. God damn it. Oh, can you can you find that noise when we go back to this and edit it in and put it because that noise was so klaxon. <laughs> that was like so klaxon. Stop trying to make klaxon a thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I will find that and we'll have it as a 
a sampled noise for the next episode if that's all right brillo pads uh, I'll, I'll message you the time we can cut all this bit out yeah yeah cut this game shit out and let's just get to those funny noises right i was one year out so for you blog e balboa you ready for number two? Oh, i am number two Z's is the day <laughs> of the dead Oh, I always get Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, like really confused because they both say dead and and off something and the yeah and the begin with um, D. Dawn of the Dead. This is the one. Day of the Dead. Yeah, Dawn of the Dead. I think is the one in the supermarket mall mm-hmm. thing. So, Day of the Dead is the one that was released in like the 50s or something oh my god this is so wrong i'm gonna say that it was 1969 no klaxon it wasn't was it that's totally wrong yep do you want to know when it's it's black black and white though isn't it nope it's not the living dead oh naughty girl do you want to know what the year was well obviously you do yeah. It was the greatest year in the humankind because it's my birth year, 1985. Oh, Christ. There's too many of the dead. I know, there's too many I... dead ofs, isn't there? <laughs> Bastards. No, exactly. So, again, this is very much going to plan. <laughs> Not out of two for both of us. So, Bloggy, let's try and get some dignity back. Number three, what have you got? I think you're going to get this one. Anna and the Apocalypse. I should do because I know it's proper recent, like bare recent blood, in fact. But I'm going to go out and say 2000 and. Oh, it's one or the other. Fuck. Gut instinct 2017. You're right, Sam. And again, fuck it. Yes, you got one right, finally. Ah, I feel like a weight's lifted I off. Like you included in the notes, like, pick two extra in case of a tie. It's like, as if that was ever going to... No, did that did ha- actually happen once, didn't it? We got our tiebreakers. Well, honestly, every time we do this game, we have a tiebreak because we never get any right. And then we do a tiebreak and, and I the, in, in the tiebreak... And then we end up getting right. That's it. In the tiebreak, the rule is you've got to be within... If you're within, like, a year or so. So if, if the year was 1985, but you say 1986, then... If, if, whoever gets the closest wins basically within a year or two but we're usually so bad <laughs> it's much further out we're like those people in war movies where they, they're like doing sort of fine throughout the whole battle and then they see one of their friends die and they're like no and just like take out like 20 people <laughs> yeah. that's us in the time crash <laughs> <laughs> I've got an image of us now just, just wailing on people with our machine guns in the middle of the battlefield it's like Aragorn when he sees that guy, you know, that elf that's like, we've come to honour that allegiance. Oh, how, and then he's like, no. How read up his name is, or I can't remember his name now, but when he gets cleaved in the back. I'll share with you after the podcast finish what uh, we call him at home. <laughs> so this is not suitable for the air. Okay, then right. Andrew White, right, this one then. Well, I'm now intrigued by that, but we've got a game to finish <laughs> off. So the third one, to draw a level and to not suffer and taste the, the bitter... Defeat. Bloggy, can you tell me that the year that Halloween 3 Season of the Witch was released? I should be able to, shouldn't I? I really should be able to. Um, 1981. 
so wrong. You, oh, you're one year out. Oh, no. In 1982. Oh, if this was a tie break, I'd have had your pants down, but it's not. They would have been on my ankles sound, if this had been a tie. Sound, sound the new non-klaxon in the post-edit when you put it in, because you are going to do that, my friend. And... <laughs> Oh, there it is. What a great noise. We've got your, your, your voice. It is you. And here's me. Oh. Look at that. That's what you get. That's the kind of quality entertainment you get on Death by Pod. If you come here for anything else, we do apologise for that. So um, I shall pat myself on the back for a 1-0 victory in the game, which literally pulls both of our pants down every time we do it. So next time, Miss Bloggy Balboa's turn to pick a game. So let's see if she's as formulaic as I am or she comes up with something a bit spicier. But that is our Incident in a Ghostland episode. I hope you all, we hope you all enjoyed it and agreed with us. If you didn't, do let us know uh, if if you love the film or if you hated the film alternatively. Uh, next up, we are discussing Host, which is a Shudder original, I certainly believe. It's only available on Shudder anyway. And it's very... Topical, would you say, Bloggy? Yes, yes, that is the word I would I'm use. glad I thought of that all by myself. It's a very topical <laughs> film. So next up is going to be host. So if you want to go and check that out beforehand, uh, do so, because we're going to be diving into it. But Bloggy, matey boo, thank you very much for coming on again and giving up your time to talk some horror. Thanks for having me once again. Oh, it always sounds wrong. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it wouldn't do, it does, never does until you mention it, but now you've said it, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> If the world's heard everything you've just said, even the smutty things, and thinks, do you know what? That's someone I want to follow and hear more of. Where can they on Uh Just, yeah, at Bloggy Barbara. I don't know why. I just forgot my own Twitter handle. I... <laughs> You're literally your, your name you go by by most people. <laughs> you just said it. It's at Bloggy Barbara on Twitter. And I'm also at Bloggy Barbara on WordPress. I very. I don't think I ever, other than the beginning of the show, I very. I don't think I ever call you Elizabeth, even off air. It's always right, bloggy. That's it. It's never Elizabeth. It's not Elizabeth. Isn't even my real name. I've changed it by default. Oh, I was fucking hell. well. Whatever, Vera. Whatever you want, but. If you want to find me, Vera, you can do what I watch tonight.co.uk. Um, search what I watch tonight on all the socials and you'll see my boat race on there, you lucky fellows. If you want to follow the show, uh, at Death by Pod on Twitter and Instagram, that's where we drop the uh, polls and the announcements of the films we're going to be discussing. So uh, leave a comment and we'll shout them out each episode we do. And so, in a couple of days' time, you can drop your thoughts on host for us and we'll um, we'll bleep them out when we talk about that film. But, uh, yeah, if you love the show, do leave us a good review on your podcast provider of choice and do keep shouting us out. Like, I know a lot of you have done on social media and we're very grateful that people seem to think what we say is quite good. So uh, thank you for that, Bloggy. Are you pleased that people seem to like what we say? I, yeah, that is pleasing, especially when I tell people to go away, like the instant the podcast starts. So thanks for that, guys. Go away. Please, thanks for having her. Please don't go away. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're talking to host next time. But uh, until next time, from me, it's Sia, and from Blog E. I hear you're looking for candy truck woman, bitch. Fuck. <laughs> 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 <laughs>